You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another Locked On Podcast Network crossover episode. Brian Peacock here, host of Locked On 49ers, and I am with Kyle Krabs, the host of Locked On Dolphins. We're going to preview this week five matchup between the 49ers and Dolphins. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi made for football watching. Kyle, you and I were talking a little bit off the air about football watching and the fact that whatever record our teams might have, however you feel about what's going on in the world, the fact that there's football happening and that we are healthy is a very good thing. So both of us, I feel like are doing pretty good right now where we stand considering. Yeah. Absolutely. All things considered, uh, in a perfect world, we wouldn't have to be dealing with the the hairiness of reality that we have. And in a perfect world, the Dolphins wouldn't be one and three either. I make <laughs> sure I have my priorities straight in the way I presented those two things as well. But uh, yeah, all is well, and I hope everything is all as well with everybody listening as well. And I'm looking forward to talking some football here. You can find me at BD Peacock on Twitter. Kyle is at Grinding the Tape, and he grinds tape because he also works at the Draft Network. And if I'm not mistaken, there's multiple rounds of mock drafts already happening by you at the Draft Network. That is that is confirmed correct. Your sources have fed you good information. Yes. So San Francisco 49ers, uh, they have had two rounds worth of mock draft selections with this week's mock draft by yours truly at the Draft Network. I have not looked at that yet, and I'm going to go there right now. Before I go, is there a chance that there is a long-limbed cornerback on the board for the 49ers? Uh, they opted to address their trenches in the first round, which is a very San Francisco thing to yes. do. Also a need. And in the second round, they did get a long-limbed defensive back. I'll just let it hang. Okay. I like that. <laughs> I like that. And you'll have to go to draftnetwork.com to find that out. Actually, let's start with the draft a little bit. And I, I want to rewind, then fast forward, then meet in the middle and come back to week five in this matchup with the 49ers and the Dolphins. And I'll let you uh, grill me about what's going on in San Francisco. And I'll ask you some questions about the Miami Dolphins specifically coming up in this matchup. And we'll also make some mm -hmm. predictions on this episode. I want to go back to the 2020 draft. One of the big things that happened in the first round is the 49ers traded up for wide receiver Brandon Ayuk. And one of the reasons they did that is because the Miami Dolphins supposedly were really big on Brandon Ayuk. Is mm -hmm. that a confirmed fact by your sources? Would Brandon Ayuk be a Miami Dolphin if the Niners didn't trade up? From what I understand, uh, yes, wide receiver was absolutely on the table for the Dolphins, whether it was C.D. Lamb at 18, he got plucked at 17 by Dallas, and then Brandon Ayuk uh, at 26, he went, I believe San Francisco traded up to 25, Yes, and then Miami traded back to 30 from there uh, for the Packers to go up and get Jordan Love. So uh, one of the core issues with this Dolphins team, and you see, saw the team try and dress this a little bit at the kickoff of the season by trading for Lynn Bowden Jr., who was a third round pick in this year's NFL draft with the Raiders, the receivers really don't have a lot of run after catch ability. And you think about how physical the Dolphins want to be. They got a lot of size, but they don't have guys that can break tackles. And when you've got Brandon Ayuk as a receiver who can literally jump over another human <laughs> being in full, full sprint, 
that would have been a player that I can absolutely see the Dolphins have having earmarked as a potential target for them early in the draft. Now, fast forwarding to the 2021 draft, there's a fascinating thing developing, and Mm -hmm. I think you addressed it yesterday on the Locked on Dolphins podcast in your mailbag episode. By the way, everybody out there, 49ers fans, you can learn a lot by listening to the podcasts of the other teams, so I always recommend that. And it's fascinating because the Miami Dolphins, for those out there listening that don't remember, the Dolphins own the Houston Texans' first-round draft pick and, and own numerous draft picks, and the Houston Texans are in a very bad spot. So what if the Texans earn that number one overall draft pick? What did the Dolphins do there? Do you trade Tua? Do you trade the right to draft Trevor Lawrence? How do you feel about Tua right now since you haven't had a chance to see him, and might we see him as soon as Week 5? Yeah, I'd be surprised if we see him Week 5 without an injury. Uh, but with that said, I do think the remaining 12 games that the Dolphins have at the very least, until Houston is able to string together a couple wins, uh, it is important from an evaluation perspective because Houston has a ton of problems. And firing Bill O'Brien, you know, might appease the cultural issues there, but the roster construction that they have, that team's in a bad way. And uh, they are—they say you're always one play away in sports, right? Well, we are one play away of Deshaun Watson getting hurt from Houston being comfortably, in my opinion, the worst team in football. Uh, so if I were Miami. Trevor Lawrence, you know, you can still get a return for Tua Tungvaloa. I know I personally would covet Trevor Lawrence over Tua Tungvaloa, even though Tua is the third highest graded quarterback that I've given out since 2017. He's a terrific quarterback. But we're talking about Trevor Lawrence. So for me, if that were to some bizarro world materialize, I got to go with the better quarterback, whichever it is, and then try and maximize my return on the other one. I know way back in the day for some old heads out there before our time, it was John Elway who was like, this was the best quarterback prospect of Mm -hmm. all time. And for me, it was, okay, Andrew Luck, this is the most slam dunk pick there's ever been. Where does Trevor Lawrence rank on that? And I don't know if you evaluated Andrew Luck, but is he in that category of like, this is one of the greatest prospects we've seen? Yeah, so Andrew was one of the first years that I even really started dipping my toe in the pool. So I didn't do like a formal eval. And even if I did, I probably wouldn't know what the hell I was looking enough to fully appreciate him the way that I do now, now that I've been in this space for uh, seven or eight seasons now. But Trevor is comfortably uh, the most, he checks the most boxes out of any pro quarterback, even Joe Burrow. Right. Joe Burrow was my number one quarterback last year. He was the number one grade I've given out to a quarterback since 2014. And you could say, yeah, he doesn't have a great arm. Like Trevor's got a really good arm. And you watch Ohio State last year, and he's breaking a 60 yard touchdown run. And like he's like a gazelle in the open field when he's able to open up his strides. And he's just everything you could possibly want. Trevor Lawrence is that dude. So I know the consensus is best prospect since Andrew Luck. And I don't see anything that would make me question that. That's a fascinating conundrum. If it was to turn out this way, and obviously only four weeks into the season, a lot could happen, but uh, you could probably get more in return for trading the pick and keeping mm-hmm. Tua. So a, a lot has to happen for the rest of the season with the evaluation of Tua. And does he blow you away to where you're like, no, we can't trade Tua. Let's let's trade all these picks and, and have even more draft picks and build around Tua. Or you trade Tua, maybe get a little bit less, but then you get that quote-unquote generational prospect you're talking about. That's going to be fascinating. And I'm wondering what, in this scenario, maybe the 49ers would need to trade for someone like Tua, let's say, if if Miami decides to go Trevor, because I'm sure it'd be cheaper to trade for Tua than to get up to number one if the 49ers are picking in the 15 to 20 area or something like that as a 500 team right now. 
yeah, it's it's going to be really fascinating to see. And, and that's why, like I said, I think we might not see Tua in this game. But if Miami loses this game, you're really running out of excuses to get him on the field and start that process to start to see how comfortable you are with him. And, and you know, you're obviously rooting for him to to play very well and blow you away. But, you know, ultimately, at the end of the day, if you have to make this decision, you're never going to live it down if you make the wrong choice. So as much information as you could possibly get is going to put you in the best position to make the best decision you possibly can. All right, more about this Week 5 matchup coming up with Brian Peacock and Kyle Krabs, Locked On 49ers, Locked On Dolphins crossover coming up. Have you visited rockauto.com yet? If you haven't, you need to because it's the best place to go to keep your car running at an optimal level. If you need accessories for your vehicle, if you need anything at all involving your vehicle, it is such an amazing selection at rockauto.com and their prices are always reliably low. Why go to other retailers when uh, they have such a limited stock and you don't know what they're even ordering on the other side of a computer screen? You can go find exactly what you need for your make and model, a ridiculous selection at rockauto.com and keep your vehicle on the road. Or maybe even add some fun aftermarket parts, right? rockauto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com with a unique catalog remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and prices you prefer amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com and tell them locked on sent you Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether there are corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support, so now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be, official partner of the NFL. All right, Kyle, I want to give you an opportunity to grill me about what's going on with the San Francisco 49ers right now. I've got some more questions for you about the Miami Dolphins, and then we'll make some official predictions about what we might see here in week five. So the floor is yours. What would you like to know about the 49ers? Yeah, so the first thing, Brian, that stands out, I look at, San Francisco is a team, obviously two and two. You're in this really unenviable spot to start the season where you endure so many injuries. So I'm just kind of curious, like who's playing in this game and who's not, you know, Richard Sherman, he's eligible to come back. I know Kyle Shanahan said that he's probably a week six return, just like Raheem Moster. But like, how has the week been trending for some of those fringe guys, even Jimmy Garoppolo for who Miami should expect to see on the field? Because I think that's going to set, be really important for Dolphins fans to set their expectations for this game. Absolutely. And that's been the theme of the 49ers season so far is who's actually even available. And uh, Kyle Shanahan has been a little bit coy about some of it, but it's pretty clear at this point now that Richard Sherman is going to be a week six proposition at the earliest. I don't think he's going to play this week. And most likely Raheem Mostert will be the same, although he was a limited participant at practice Wednesday. And they've got a ton of people who are limited, including Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, the last couple of weeks... Kyle Shanahan all week long has said, yeah, we're not sure if Jimmy's going to be able to play or not. But it was clear all along, I think, that he wasn't. This week, it's a little bit closer. And 
Jimmy might actually have the opportunity to play. And then when asked about if Jimmy can't play, who will be the starter, Nick Mullins or C.J. Beathard? Kyle Shanahan also says, well, I know that answer, but I'm not going to tell you that answer. You're going to have to find out at game time, essentially. So uh, he wants the Miami Dolphins to prepare for not only two quarterbacks this week, but three quarterbacks in Garoppolo, Mullins, and Beathard. I don't think it's probably much of a change in game plan for a defense, but Kyle Shanahan said that he thinks it's much different between Mullins and Beathard, which makes me think maybe he's leaning toward Beathard there because he is the player that has a little bit bigger arm and and maybe the player that the offense would look slightly different versus Garoppolo and Mullins, which the game plan is probably pretty similar most weeks. So, Brian, I wanted to also ask you about San Francisco's offensive line. Uh, It's been one of the units. Obviously, there was the change at guard in the offseason, but generally speaking, aside of Weston Richburg, being on PUP to start the season, you guys have had a lot of the same bodies there. You brought in Trent Williams in the offseason. Seems like based off what I've been seeing of San Francisco play this year and what I've been reading about San Francisco this year, that Mike McGlinchey is a disappointment to start the season. You know me as a draft guy. I got to ask a draft prospect related (laughs) question. Really liked Mike coming out. They made him a top 10 pick. So is what's the book on Mike right now? Is that a spot where if the Dolphins, Emmanuel Logba has been playing really well the past two weeks for the Dolphins and he rushes off the defensive left side. So that matchup's going to be there. Is that something that we could see an opportunity for the Dolphins to create a little push in the pocket? Yeah, it's really strange. Mike McGlinchey is one spot that I don't think 49ers fans thought they were going to have to worry about coming into the year. And he's still run blocking very well. If you look at the big Raheem Mostert runs, you look at the screen passes and the handoffs to Brandon Ayuk and the touchdowns he scored. Number 69 is out in front and blocking on those plays. So he's been really good in the run game. But the past game, he's gotten beaten way too often. And it's strange. In this last game, he was lunging at guys and he got beat by Avery. He got beat by Derek Barnett. And even Trent Williams on the left side, who's looked like an all-pro to start the season, he got beat a couple times in pass protection. So maybe there's some issues with some coaching points, and I think they were lunging a little bit, trying to sell some run action and then get beat that way. I think McGlinchey might be a little bit lighter than he had been in the past, so I think he's worried a little bit more about bull rush, and you've seen some strength get to him, and then all of a sudden he'll, you know, he'll have to worry about that, and then someone will get him around the corner with speed. So um, I I don't know exactly what the problem is with Mike McGlinchey, but he's not playing as well as he had in the past. And it was definitely a spot that I don't think the 49ers fans thought they had to worry about. They were more concerned about the interior of the line center. Ben Garland might be one of the best offensive linemen right now on the 49ers. He's only given up one pressure, but considering that uh, total quarterback hits allowed through week four, right now the 49ers lead the league in that department. They've given up 40 quarterback hits, 10 per game through the first four weeks, and you uh, compare that to a team like the Green Bay Packers who've given up nine quarterback hits through four weeks. So it's definitely been a problem, and it's the one unit that's not as banged up as some of the others. The defensive line's playing better than the offensive line, even though they've lost maybe their two best players with D. Ford and Nick Bosa. Brian, my last question is, one of the sore spots for the Dolphins roster this year is their linebacker group. And you look across the sideline, and you got a guy over there in Fred Warner. And Dolphins fans are going to get a taste this week of what high-level linebacker play looks like with Fred Warner. Can you just kind of set the table for how Fred's been playing? Obviously, took a big jump last year. Uh, A a true three-down guy who's turned into such a great steal for San Francisco, drafting him in the third round a few years back. 
Fred Warner's been awesome. He's been the best player for the 49ers this year. I mean, especially considering when they've lost George Kittle and lost Nick Bosa, who would have been the other players you would consider as the best players on the roster. He's been phenomenal. He's so smart. He keeps getting better every year. And he obviously has range. He's so athletic and he's so good in coverage. So he's the perfect modern day linebacker. He's the most consistent player on the team and you almost forget how good he is. And he makes a few wow plays per game every week. And you just expect it at this point because that's how good Fred Warner is. He's a true leader on the team. And, uh, you know, I, I think linebacker is in some ways the, the running back of a defense where it, people don't expect a linebacker to be that position that leads your defense anymore in this day and age. But when you have a modern day linebacker like Fred Warner, who plays at the level he has, uh, I don't know if there's a more impactful linebacker in the league for the type of scheme and what's asked of linebackers in this scheme as Fred Warner. So he's been absolutely phenomenal. So if, if the Miami Dolphins do make a trade, draft a trade in 2021 with the 49ers, probably much more likely that they should ask for Mike McGlinchey than, than Fred Warner. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, there's actually some interesting matchups here on the other side that I want to ask you about, Kyle, when it comes to the 49ers offense against the Miami Dolphins defense. And I've been pretty impressed with, I mean, even with a one and three record with the coaching job that's that's been done, even dating back to last year with Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins and the way they're able to keep games close, even in some losing efforts and uh, a lot of man coverage on defense. So uh, I want to ask about the rook, the rookie in Igbenogany, who the Dolphins ended up drafting. We just talked about how they ended up uh, trading back to the number 30 overall selection in round one. And is Byron Jones going to play? Cause I know he's been banged up listed as questionable currently. Yeah. So Byron Jones went down on the opening possession of the Buffalo game. So they had him for three plays against Buffalo. And ever since uh, their response has been to take Noah Igbenogany and play him in the Byron Jones role in the secondary as the other primary corner. And it's been tough sled. Uh, the Dolphins are one and two in those football games. Uh, the two quarterbacks that they've played that have legitimate MVP resumes through the first four games of the season, Josh Allen and Russell Wilson, they found him early. They found him often and they kept going back to the well. So it's tough to get a, a gauge on how well Noah's development is going because he's playing a role that wasn't meant for him. He's playing a role for a cornerback who was given a record-setting contract this offseason in Byron Jones. Now, of course, with other cornerback contracts that have been given out, you know, Byron's salary now ranks fifth in the NFL, but the point still stands. The Dolphins thought the world of Byron Jones and Noah Igbenogany is a guy who played at Auburn and was a wide receiver his freshman year and played two years of defense, now has to try and shadow Stephon Diggs, Stephon Gilmore. That's a tough ask. But the good news for Miami is, yes, they're expecting Byron Jones, if there's no setback between now and the game, that he will play in this game. That will bump Igbenogany to the, the nickel role, which is what his preferred role is at this point in time as he continues to develop as a player. And that will be a huge boost for a Dolphins defense that has been a bend but don't break style defense thus far this season. You know, they've given up 96 points through four games, uh, but that's 12th in the league in scoring defense. They're 27th in yards allowed. So teams move the ball against them, but they've done a nice job finding ways to buckle down once opposing teams get inside the 30 yard line and forcing some kicks. And they forced a, a turnover against Russell Wilson in the red zone last week and uh, another turnover on downs uh, against Seattle last week in Dolphins territory. So Ben, but don't break style and, and getting Byron Jones back should certainly kind of change the shape of this secondary for Miami. 
All right, more with Kyle Krabs and Brian Peacock. 49ers, Dolphins crossover. We'll make predictions and a couple more matchups I want to talk about next. You guys already know if you listen to this program about Built Bars and how much I love Built Bars. Well, now there's a brand new way to break through your wall every day with Built Go. Whether it's mental or a physical wall, break through it with Go. Put it in your pocket, put it in your backpack, your briefcase, your gym bag. It's a perfect workout partner. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market. It's like taking one of those energy drinks, but without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so it's better for the body and actually doing you good and helping you get over that hump and break through that wall with more mental clarity and focus. Three delicious flavors of Built Go. Built Go uses collagen protein, which is a fast-absorbing protein, gets into the system quickly, plus it's easy on the stomach. Built Go is loaded with beta-alanine, B vitamins, honey, and just a little kick of caffeine. And of course, protein to power through your day. Go to BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED and you'll get 30% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKED for 30% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. All right, Kyle, let's finish this up strong. Uh, one other matchup I, I want to talk about here with the 49ers uh, offense against that defense is, and I think it's the thing that's holding Miami back, at least on paper. It's what I thought coming into the season is, okay, you, you're a lot of resources spent on the secondary. Get some man coverage out there, and that's going to be such a, fan, a fun matchup to watch with Debo Samuel coming back, probably playing a full complement of snaps. He, they brought him back slowly last week, and I think he was only on the field for 25 snaps. He'll be out there probably the whole game, along with rookie Brandon Ayuk, who's coming along in his development. You mentioned his hurdle from last week, but would like to see him get more involved down the field as a receiver and not just a gadget player and you know screen passes and, and jet sweeps and things like that. And of course, uh, George Kittle went off last week with 15 catches and 180 yards. So those matchups in man coverage is going to be really fun to watch, no matter who the quarterback is for the 49ers. But... The 49ers offensive line we talked about has it has not played great, but I didn't think the strength of the Dolphins team would be the defensive line in their pass rush. So that's a matchup I'm intrigued by. What what has the defensive line shown you so far this year? And maybe was I underrating them coming into the year? Uh, I don't think you were underrating them because at the end of the day, their construction on the defensive line is kind of heavy-handed guys. They're powerful, but they're not overly explosive. And you really don't see the Dolphins claiming a lot of wins turning the edge around the outside. But what they have done and what they have had some success with is a lot of twists, Patriot-style schemed pressures. And that's something that the Dolphins even said in the preseason was how the design of this defense was going to work. They were not going to simply rely on organic pass rush to bring four guys on every single play and just beat you in one-on-ones. They wanted to play games. They wanted to load the A-gaps and drop those guys off and bring the nickel off the outside and, and generate free runners by manipulating the protection calls in places that they weren't actually going to come. So some of that ghost pressure type concepts. They haven't had a chance to implement a lot of that yet because with Noah Igbenogany manning an outside corner spot, they have had such soft coverage in playing man-to-man that the ball is able to get out quick. So then it kind of become this game of we're chasing our own tail, trying to find ways to cover for the lapses on the back end that includes not bringing so many guys. So then it becomes kind of four-man game where you're trying to stunt and twist with an off-ball linebacker coming up an A-gap. And the chemistry just really hasn't been there. But at the same time, this pass rush is 
literally twice as effective as what it was last season for the Dolphins. So it's a better group. I wouldn't call it a good group, but they have got home. They've generated nine sacks in their first four games. And I think the potential is there. And I really think Byron Jones can be a straw that stirs the entire drink defensively for the Dolphins and put some things back on the table for them that they haven't been able to do early on the season. Let's flip it around to the other lines, which is another intriguing battle to me because the 49ers obviously missing Nick Bosa, missing D4, but they've still played really well on defense and their defensive front has been up to the challenge, but maybe missing a little something athletically, not quite the juice they've had up front, but still, you know, it's, it's odd to lose three first round draft picks on your mm-hmm. offensive or on your defensive line, still have two more first rounders in Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw in there. And I think the 49ers will be happy to see a quarterback like Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's more of a pocket passer, even though he can move pretty well for a 40 year old. I don't know. Is he 40? How old is he? I think he's th- he'll be 38 at the end of the year. Okay. So he's up there. Yeah. Not quite as up there as I thought he was. I thought he's even older. Maybe it's the beard that ages him a little bit. But uh, yeah, he can move around a little bit. But the 49ers have had trouble with some athletic passers, and it's really been doomed for pure pocket passers for the last couple of years against that San Francisco defense. So I think they'll be glad to see somebody who's not going to probably make a ton of plays and, you know, zone reads and things like that uh, at quarterback. And they'll know that he's going to be pretty stationary and they know where he's going to be in most downs in the middle of that pocket there. And so I think this is where the 49ers can win, which leads me to the prediction here. Uh, and I guess I'll go first, but I do think the 49ers have an opportunity to win this game and they have to win that matchup though on their defensive line versus the Dolphins offensive line. And I think they can, and I'll let you tell me if I'm wrong about that, but uh, it's going to lead me to my prediction where I think this is going to be a low scoring game. The over under is 49 and a half points. I might go under here. Uh, I don't like that the 49ers are favored by so many. If I think it's going to be a low-scoring game, favored by nine points. So I would probably take the points in Miami here just because what we've seen with this 49ers team, their only wins right now are against two of the worst teams in the league, both New York teams, the Jets and the Giants. So uh, that's a lot of points in a game that I think is going to be pretty low-scoring. I'll say the 49ers win by seven. So that means the the nine points to the Dolphins would be the winner there. And I believe it's going to be under. I think it's going to be a pretty low scoring game, something like uh, 24, 17, 49ers. So I agree with everything you said. I definitely think take the Dolphins with the points. They've done very well against the spread coming off of losses in the 20 games that Brian Flores has been the head coach. And I do think the Dolphins are much closer than what their one and three record indicates. If Jimmy Garoppolo plays... I'm very comfortable in saying San Francisco at home has a massive advantage and will win the football game. I do think if you do get into Nick Mullins and CJ Beathard, guys that are backups for a reason, and I know they can operate Kyle Shanahan's offense just fine, but I think that does open the door for a potential upset. But I'm going to operate on the assumption that Jimmy Garoppolo is playing so that I'm not the bad guy on Locked On 49ers here. (laughs) It's okay. And I'll say 26-21, Jimmy Garoppolo plays, San Francisco wins. I love it. Great stuff. Always a pleasure chatting with you, Kyle, as always. And I look forward to talking to you again. And I was going to say a lot of a lot of folks I talk to say, hey, we'll talk to you again in the playoffs or in the Super Bowl, potentially. I don't know if that matchup is in the probably cards. Probably so not. We'll probably talk to you a little bit later uh, in 2021 than when it comes draft time, because you're one of the, the, the best people in the business breaking down the draft. Everybody out there has to go to thedraftnetwork.com and check out all the work that the fine folks are doing over there. They're just so far ahead of anybody else in the industry all year long when it comes to breaking down the NFL draft. So learn yourself some some prospects and see who the 49ers picked in the latest 
mock draft there. And of course, uh, tell all of your friends that are fans of the Miami Dolphins that they're covered daily right here on the Locked On Podcast Network by Kyle on Locked On Dolphins. Kyle, always a pleasure. Thank you so much, man. This is fun. Uh, pleasure's all mine. Thanks, Brian. 